It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. And we are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. I am Russ Coleman, along with me, as always, is Steve Balsheri and Derek Havens. On today's show, we will be discussing the Patriots' victory against the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. Later on, we will preview the upcoming game for the Patriots against the Redskins on Sunday at Gillette Stadium. We have much to get through, but before we get going, I have to welcome my co-host back to the show first. Derek, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Another beautiful day outside, looks like. It's been really nice here in New England. Got a little fall. That's one of my favorite seasons, no question. But, uh, you know, doing well. Uh, Interesting weekend in the NFL, and excited to talk to you guys about it today. Listen, I look forward to going through this with you, Derek. You know, again, I was telling you guys off air, it feels like it was a year ago since the Patriots played a game. Uh, it was actually it just last Thursday. <laughs> you it agree does. with that, Derek? Those, those, you know, those Thursday night games are weird, you know. It's, uh, you know, you, you get a pretty much like a three-day difference. And the, the fun part about it as a fan is not only do you see your, your team play earlier, you also know – you know, it, you have the win under your belt, you know, hopefully, uh, and you're able to kind of just relax and, uh, you know, kind of just watch the league and stuff. You know, I was able to watch a little bit of Redstone, flip around some games, kind of check out the league. It, it's a good time. Yeah, no, good stuff there, Derek. Steve, over to you. How are you doing today, my friend? It, it is a beautiful day. I mean, uh, you know, it's November. And it's like T-shirt weather outside, you know, so I really can't complain. I mean, it was kind of chilly going to the gym this morning about 6.30, but it's gorgeous outside right now. It's like, I'll take this all day long. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that, Steve. I agree with that because before you know it, it'll start getting cold. All right, guys, I want to look back at the Dolphins game and also preview the upcoming game against the Redskins. But before we do anything, Steve, I'm going to go to you because yesterday was the uh, deadline for for trades for the NFL. And, uh, you know, again, I turned on 98.5 to Sports Hub, heard some interesting speculation from the producer of Falcon Mass. I want to give him credit because he put it out there. He said his sources – with the Patriots, he said specifically with the Patriots, we're telling him that a deal could get done was looking promising. Again, this was uh, at 2 o'clock, and 
the trade deadline was at four. He was hearing that 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 the Patriots were in discussions with trying to make a trade for Jason McCourty, Devin McCourty's brother. Uh, I want to go to you because you actually interviewed Mike Giardi of Comcast Sportsnet New England on Patriots Central Radio last night. What did you hear about this uh, situation from yesterday? Yeah, Mike talked uh, at length about this, and he did say that, uh, you know, originally we heard that uh, Jimmy Stewart's source, he got duped from a false source, but he did reiterate on the air that he had a source inside the Patriots and that he was here and they were in talks with him. Uh, Mike last night reiterated that and said they came very close to getting a deal done, that they just couldn't work it out in the short amount of time, that they were trying to work out the correct compensation, and then they would have had to work out something, you know, in regards to, I'm paraphrasing here, but McCody's right. contract to get him under the salary cap. But, um, you know, I guess they actually did try to swing a deal for Jason McCordy, which would lead me to believe that somewhere down the line, I think that it might happen, we might see him here. I would love to see the two brothers uh, <laughs> in the in the secondary for the Patriots myself, so. No, listen, I'm there with you, Steve. When I first started hearing it, and uh, and again, listen, you know, uh, he's been criticized since, but I want to give Jimmy Stewart credit here because he put it out there. He actually did have sources, like you just mentioned. You 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 heard that as well. And, uh, you know, want to give him credit because, you know, not everyone is willing to put himself out there. He did. And uh, ultimately the deal didn't get done, but you've actually have corroborated information from Mike Giardi saying that it was actually – fairly close but they could not get it to happen and, and uh that's too bad because i would have really liked to have seen that happen and and i wouldn't doubt that there could be something in the works maybe like you said in the off season maybe something can happen then hopefully you know i'd like to see the brothers play i think that would be exciting and i think jason mccourty would have been a very good addition to that secondary but it didn't happen so you know you move on but before we move on derek i want to get your thoughts on this again i would have been excited with it what are your thoughts if this would have happened, but it didn't? Well, I think it would have been a really good addition, like you said. I, you know, really interesting stuff from you know Steve talking about how close it was. You know, it, there was so much smoke yesterday on social media. You knew there was likely a fire somewhere, and and it seemed like Jason McCourty was a target. We don't know if anyone else was involved, but you know, McCourty, uh, you know, Jason McCourty is a, uh, you know, he's not, he's not. I wouldn't say he's elite, but he's uh, he's, he's a very good player. And with how well Devin's been for this team, um, you know, obviously how close they are. You have the you have the you have the brother side of it, and then you have the actual talent side of it, and both would be intriguing for this team. So it could it would have been a really interesting fit. Um, certainly, I, I I know we've talked about it before. I'm concerned about the depth and Allen at that position. I think they've played pretty well so far, but um, you know when the you know, the rubber meets the road down the line when you fly through serious competition. I, I, I'm still concerned about that spot. It would have been nice to make an upgrade, you know, and, and, they, and the Patriots have not been um, hesitant to make these trades. I mean, they've made trades at the deadline the last three years. Uh, year, last year they kind of made two, one at the deadline and one the day before. So, uh, you know, it just depends on uh, if, if the right deal falls into place and sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Just look at the uh, Broncos and Cleveland situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, we, we heard much talk about that at the very end, and that that didn't come off either. And you know, not not many deals were done. In fact, I don't think any deals were done on the last day. I mean, listen, the Patriots did a good amount of business before that, Derek. So, 
you know, I give him credit for trying. You know, I would have liked to have seen it. It didn't happen, so we move on. And, uh, you know, I'm fine with what they have now. It would have been nice to add some, some depth. And, obviously, you know, again, he he's a number one corner, so it would have been more than depth. It would have been, uh, you know, a starting cornerback. But, again, we'll see oh, what yeah. happens in yeah. the future. Yeah, no, it would have been really interesting. You know, when you look at that quickly, you look at that Tennessee Titans franchise and, you know, they're – they just they just fired their coach Ken Wisenhunt and uh, you know Mark Mariota's still you know, a little banged up and uh, they're having a ton of issues in their upper management with their interim head coach and, uh, you know instability uh, at you know GM and ownership. I mean it's, that 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 franchise is, is going to have a major shakeup I think this offseason. Yeah, I I hear. Hey you. Russ. I, yeah. Um, yeah, I was wondering. You know, I'm, a curious thing is. I wonder if if Wisenhunt hadn't been fired yesterday, would that that deal have possibly gone through with all what was going on in the Titans front office, you know, with firing Wisenhunt and bringing in their their new coach? I'm wondering if that hadn't happened, if it's possible that a deal might have got done. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know how much control he had into it, but you know, the the roster. But I mean, just the distraction alone, you think made of. You know, throwing off the timing a little bit, Steve. That's, that's, actually, really that's actually a very good point, Steve, because I thought initially that, that it would have worked in their favor, but maybe it worked against the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just something to consider. I think you can make arguments no, very, for both. I mean, and then you, no, very good. The, then you look at the Broncos and the Browns, and you know, the Broncos added Vernon Davis from the 49ers, which I think is kind of giving them a, a veteran, uh, you know, and some help into the the Broncos' offense, which really has lacked the tight end position, uh, you know, for most of the season, I think that's hurt their offense a little bit. And uh, you know, then they tried to go out to go after Joe Thomas, the left tackle from Cleveland. And I thought it was interesting what they what they were talking about giving up was a first um, and a second round pick in different years. You know, that's as good as Joe Thomas is, I believe, since he was drafted. And I thought, you know, as yesterday, since he was drafted in 2007 by the Browns. He's played every single snap each year. It's over 8,000 yeah. consecutive snaps, which is just unbelievable. You know, five straight or five All Pros throughout his career. You know, he's just a just a dynamite player. But giving up a first and a second round pick when you have a quarterback who looks like he's into his last season, you know, that is talking about going all in. You know, it's an interesting move. I was thinking about philosophies between John Elway and Bill Belichick, and I mentioned a couple minutes ago how how Belichick isn't afraid to make moves to the deadline, but what he won't do is risk the future or mortgage the future, you know, for now. I mean, he, he definitely will make moves, but he, he's not going to put it all on the line, tension every year. Yeah, I, I hear you there, Derek. Very very interesting take by both of you on this. And uh, you know what? It's too bad it didn't happen, but, you know, uh, it's good to know that they were trying to get something done. It just it just didn't come off, and uh, the Patriots are always looking to improve their roster, and uh, unfortunately this move yesterday didn't come off. But uh, we move on, and actually let's, let's move back. And, uh, Steve, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> we move on and backwards. We move on and back. You know, again, I don't know what I'm saying today, Derek. You know, it, it's early. The uh, five-hour energy is started, starting to wear off. But let me bring Steve back on the line. Steve's, Steve's, uh, Steve's on the highway, so, Steve, I'm just going to put you – on hold when you don't talk just because we're getting a little bit of feedback from your driving, and that's understandable. So hopefully you understand that. But just share with me your overall view 
of uh, the Patriots game last Thursday on Sunday Night Football? Well, on Thursday Night Football, um, yeah, I thought they were, I mean, uh, I thought the Patriots really put a, a stamp on things for the division. I mean, you look at this game, even though it's only the seventh game of the season, you know, if they go 3-0 and through the division the first time, they put so much distance between themselves, the Bills, and Dolphins, and the Jets. And now this division, barring catastrophic events here, I think is locked up. I mean, uh, <laughs> you're, you're three games up plus on the Jets. You're, you're four games up plus on the uh, Dolphins and Bills. And they're both in the rearview mirror. And when you look at that, you know, what did we hear all spring and early summer? That these were the teams that made big strides. They were going to, you know, they were going to push the Patriots for the division this year. And now they're already in the rearview mirror. We're not even at the halfway point yet. I think that was a huge win for this team. Plus the way they went about it. I mean, this wasn't, uh, you know, hang by your fingernails, uh, close win. This was a blowout. They won by 30 points. I think, you know, they put a stamp on things, and I, I was especially, especially impressed with the way the defense played. I thought the defense played well. I look forward to your grade in a little bit. And, uh, Derek, I'm going to go over to you. Just share with me your overall thoughts on, on this game. Again, it was so long ago. I'm trying, trying to remember exactly what happened. But, but just share with me uh, your view of this game. Well, you know, I, I thought that it was a good matchup. Uh, you know, the Patriots really took a uh, advantage of that team early. You know, we talk about sloppy football. It was a little bit, but the Patriots just looked more prepared. Um, it was certainly a coaching mismatch. Dan Campbell looked way in over his head. I'm not sure if he was even really using his headset or, or what he was listening to. I'm not, I'm not, maybe he was listening to music, you know, some heavy metal. Um, I, I don't know if he had the team doing push-ups at, at the locker room at halftime. That guy is an absolute clown show. Uh, you know, he, he he seems like a nice guy, but I'm sorry. I mean, I, he he belongs in a gym somewhere, you know, which, and, and that's coming from, like, I know, a meathead and myself. But that's, seriously, I, I, he just looks ridiculous. Um, and uh, I thought overall, uh, you know, Brady continues to stay real sharp, um, you know, for the most part. Um, I was impressed with, uh, you know, Deion Lewis. I, I thought he was going to have a really good game. I thought he would be an X-factor. Um, you know, and, and he really, really came through. His, his spin move on Koamisi, I've seen the vine probably upwards of 30 times, and each time I have the same reaction. Just so impressive. Uh, the element he brings for us to this team is special. It's a, it's, a, it's a different kind. And you know what? We've had a lot of really um, – we've had a lot of really good, you know, third-down passing, you know, kind of backs over the years. Kevin Falk, Danny Woodhead. Shane Vereen, um, you know now Deion Lewis, and each one are kind of di- each one's kind of a different player. And this is no disrespect to any of those guys. He's just a different. He just has a different gear, a different kind of explosiveness. Um, you know, they all were very shifty in their own way, but his he he just what he brings to the table, Russ. I think um, really is gives this team a little bit of something different than it's than it's had uh, over the past couple of years. Listen, I hear you. You know, I was thinking about that too, Derek. Whenever he plays, he's dynamic, and he's just a different. You know, again, Kevin Falk was 
was a very good third down back, but Deion Lewis is just at a different level. Uh, he can do a little bit more. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it, it just seems that way. Danny Woodhead was very good, but again, it just seems like Deion Lewis is just at a different level. So it's really nice to see a player that that gives him something extra, that 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 forces teams to game plan now, not only for everything else that the Patriots offer, but now for Deion Lewis. You know, again, another well, they have option. The game plan for him. And you know what, Russ? The only thing, like, like I said, those, of all the guys I just mentioned for past their down back, you know, they yep. are all, um, they're all, they were all good players, but they were also very clutch players. I can think of specific moments that each of those guys, you know, stepped up good point. huge and huge moments. And, and, you know, we'll see if Deion Lewis is able to stay healthy because of his size. He already had a problem with his abdomen. And also if he's able to step up in those big moments. So far, it looks like when, when his number is called, he's ready and he's excited to be a part of that team and that game plan. So we'll find out. Uh, you know, if he's able to do that, you know, if the, if the longevity is there. But at, at least for the sample size that we're given right now, I mean, he's come, he's kind of shot out of a cannon, and what he's able to do with the football is just absolutely incredible. It is, Derek. You know, it's funny because you think about the difference when he played and when he didn't play in, uh, in a game. And, uh, you know, again, he just gives the Patriots a different element. And uh, I'm trying to think of a player that he reminds me of. It's very difficult because, again, He's not really Kevin Falk. He's not really Danny Woodhead. He's just his own type of player. He just has this different gear. It's just it's just it's wonderful to watch, and yeah. uh, I look forward to seeing him only get better. I think he's only going to improve, which is which is scary for the rest of the NFL. All right, Steve, I'm going to go to you. We've already been talking a little bit about Deion Lewis with the offense, but I want you to grade the offense as a whole. And uh, the one thing that actually surprised me, maybe it shouldn't because it's the Patriots. But they ran more than I thought they would. What, what are your, what are your thoughts about the Patriots' offense to give them an overall grade? Uh, I think the offense gets a uh, a B plus. You know, at the end of the day, um, they weren't very good on third down. I, I know that's nitpicky, but you know, at the end of the day, they put thirty six points up on a defense that everyone was pouting that they had found their feet. You know, they, they were bringing all this pressure. They were coming together. This was going to be the Patriots' biggest test. Well, if that's the biggest test they've faced so far, then it wasn't a very great one because they put up 36 points. I thought Rob Gronkowski and, and the, you guys were talking about Deion Lewis earlier. You know, they were just the, – the Dolphins had no answer for either one of those guys. And, you know, on a night – when Danny Amendola only had one catch, now, you know, we've been talking about him all season, about how clutch he's been, but they didn't really need him because of the fact that Gronkowski and Deion Lewis were gashing, you know, the Dolphins' secondary. Uh, they did run the ball more than we thought. It, it was okay. I mean, they gained like 95 yards, but it did what they had to do, and it opened things up for the passing game. Again, <clears throat> I wish they could have uh, done a little bit better on third downs. But, you know, two of those key third downs were, I thought, blatant penalties on the, the Dolphins' secondary that they let slide. And, you know, if either one of those gets called or they complete the pass, then you're looking at a whole different scenario on third down as well. Now, very good point there, Steve. And uh, I like that grade of a B-plus. I'm curious how Derek is going to view it with his grade. Derek, over to you. Again, we've already been talking. You already mentioned Deion Lewis, but there's 
there's much more. And also, I want to mention before you give your grade, because you were talking earlier about the coaching difference. I think it really showed itself with the uh, Patriots offense against the Miami defense. They they looked outcoached here. Um, what is your overall grade for the Patriots offense? I went with the B plus also. Um, I, okay. I thought <clears throat> I thought overall, um, you know, really it's funny. I have a couple of notes I put last night on, and I have uh, you know Brady's on fire stalled a little bit and still put up 36 points. I know that Steve, you know, just shared a very similar thought. So once again, Steve, great minds. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking, you know, I, that they, uh, you know, they did run a little bit more than I thought they would. But again, I was talking about how they utilized Lewis against the linebackers. I thought that was a big mismatch. Um, um, Brady was spreading the ball around. Uh, the pace he's on right now is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, I, I keep waiting for a hiccup game. Uh, a game where he just slows down a little bit. It just hasn't happened so far. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, the numbers he's putting up are just unbelievable. Okay, so you you're matching Steve with a with a B plus there, and uh, yep, very very interesting. And um, what are your thoughts about about me going to the point of really getting into the coaching? And again, um, nothing against Dan Campbell, but this is really about you know checkers against playing against chess here because again. There are there are certain plays where where Deion Lewis is wide open. You know, the, you know. Again, Rob Gronkowski was wide open. Do you think coaching play played a part in the Patriots' offense really uh, kicking into gear here? Well, of course it did. I mean, I just I, I opened you I know mean, I opened up the game talking about it. I I think I think Dan Campbell is a nice a nice enough guy, but I I also think he's a meathead. I don't really think uh, he he is ready to coach an NFL team. Uh, you know, if he. He, it seems like he can rally the troops. At least they want to play for him instead of that stiff Joe Philbin. So I mean, look, it, you can you, he can have his he can have his toughness philosophy, uh, you know, and his hat on a hat, all that stuff. That's all great on paper, but the game's not played on paper. It's played on the field, and your hat on a hat thing only works so well until you start dealing with you know dynamic players like Kronkowski and Edelman and, and Lewis, and then you yeah. and then you. And then all of a sudden, Lewis, you know, does a spin move on Koamisi, and there's no longer a hat on a hat, and uh, you know, Lewis is screaming up the sideline. So, look, I, I don't like I said, I don't know if Campbell's going to be able to evolve a little bit. I'm not sure how much he's involved in the defense or how much he's, in, you know, he's a former tight end coach, you know, and and I don't know how much even he's involved in the offense. I think really the the coordinators are doing the work. He's kind of pulling the strings a little bit here, and he's just trying to get the troops to rally a little bit, which it looks like at least they did for at least the short term. But, uh, you know, that message will go stale quickly if they can't win. And, you know, we talked pregame last week, and I talked about how, look, they play good games against the Titans and the Texans, but the Patriots team is a different animal. Uh, and, uh, True. Uh, you know, I, I just I think they just got a little bit of a reality check there. I couldn't agree with you more, Derek. You know, again, it's uh, it was it really showed itself in this game. Nothing against uh, the opponents that they played prior. You know, talking about the Dolphins, but uh, the Patriots are different, a totally different level than than the uh, Titans and uh, and uh, who else they play? The Texans. You know, again, Texans. Just just a just a different level. Just a different level. All right, let's now transition over to defense, Steve. I'm going to bring you back on. Want to get your thoughts on the defense? The one thing I want to mention before I get your grade is that I thought the Patriots manhandled them up front. I, I was very impressed with the rush defense and especially the defensive line. I could go to the front seven, but really the de- defensive line really dominated here. Talk about the play of the defense and give them a grade. 
Yeah, I, I thought the defense was outstanding on Thursday night. And, you know, it started with up front. I think you're exactly right on that. You know, one of the things that we talked about was the fact that the Dolphins, the prior, prior two games, had run for, you know, over 300 yards on the ground, and they were going to look to, you know, set everything up, keep Tom Brady on the sideline by running the football. Well, they didn't. I thought the Patriots' front four, especially the guys on the interior, did an outstanding job of winning the battle. I mean, you know, they were getting no push whatsoever. They only had 15 yards on the ground. Um, Lamar Miller had nine carries for 15 yards. I mean, that that is, as Bill Belichick says, doing your job there. And I, right. You know, the secondary, I thought, did, did a, a pretty good job. There was some open guys there. You know, we can nitpick about that and, Say well, you know, Tannehill had 300 yards. A lot of those yards were really empty because they, other than that one drive that the Dolphins had to start the second half, which was a really good drive, and I give them all the credit in the world for that. They went down the field with ease. Other than that, they really never threatened to score all game long. They just looked out of sync. They looked confused. I thought the uh, the pass rush was pretty good on Thursday night. They got to Tannehill. They got they confused the heck out of them. And overall, I thought the defense was really, really solid. I give them a high B-plus on that one. Okay, very good there, Steve. And uh, I do agree with you. I agree with everything that you said. You know, I started off talking about, about the uh, defensive line, but the front seven were, were really good. And, and, yes, there were plays to be made against the secondary, but they were okay. I'm just going to say they were okay, but overall – I thought the Patriots' defense played real well. And, Derek, I'm going to go to you because, again, going into this game and, and even the game prior, you know, I was talking a little bit about how the Patriots really stopped Chris Ivory, and, and I'd heard all these reports that Chris Ivory wasn't 100%. Okay. But, again, now they've done it two weeks in a row against a, a runner who was running like crazy two weeks prior. We know who they were playing, but he still was in fine form. So talk about the overall play of the Patriots' defense. Give them, give them a great, but I'm curious your thoughts about the rush defense. Is it a fluke, or is this something that is real now? Um, <clears throat> I thought originally, I thought originally the uh, run defense was, you know, was <clears throat> was a little fluky. Excuse me, but I think over the past couple of weeks they've really taken it to another level. Specifically, the last two weeks, I think Dante Hightower has played his best football as a Patriot. I think he's been absolutely playing like a madman. He's everywhere on the field. Um, you know, Russ or Steve talks about uh, if I can go to different guys playing. I think Hightower's been playing absolutely over his head. Ninkovich, um, you know, Ninkovich was getting a hand on almost everything. He was all over the passing lanes, really played a good game, which is good for him because, honestly, I thought this season he's been, you know, kind of, um, I guess, I guess, I guess a little less than we've seen in, in the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, overall, I think the defense, I, I, for, uh, for a grade, I gave them an A minus. I thought they played terrific. As good as the offense was, and it really has been this whole season. This game to me was the Patriots' defense really neutralizing the Dolphins. And uh, going back to a point I made last week, you know, whenever I'm making my grades, I like to think about, you know, some of the keys to the game I had from the week before. And I talked about Deion Lewis a little while ago, but I also talked about uh, the explosive plays that Miami's offense had to get, you know, the capability of having. We talk about. A Jarvis Landry or a Lamar Miller, and Steve gave you the numbers for Lamar Miller: 15 rushing yards um, on nine carries, 
and one you know one of his was eight one of his one of his runs were eight yards long. So really, he had uh, you know eight rushes and for seven yards at one point. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I, I look at I look at the Dolphins and see a lot of talented playmakers. Um, you know that roster has some holes, but I think they they have some talent. And Patriots did a really good job, whether it was running. Or in the past, uh, in the secondary, Ryan Tannehill got some yards, but really didn't do much with it. Um, I thought that was a pretty impressive performance, um, taking away some of those uh, dynamic guys. Listen, I completely agree with you, Derek. And, and just to stick with talking about the defense, I just want to talk about them a little bit more. Uh, the play of Chandler Jones again. Much has been made about the play yeah. of him. You know, again, the sack numbers are up. What's interesting about watching him, and I've watched him a great deal lately is I think where he's taken his game to the next level, one, he is setting the edge. That's number one. Number two, getting after the passer. He has more moves now. I think I think it's more of experience with this guy is that now he is trying out different things and he knows what works and what doesn't work. And, and again, I think that happens over time. So he is developing as a pass rusher and really becoming a force. But something else that really stood out to me, and uh, I actually watched one of the Comcast Sportsnet New England shows, and uh, I believe it was Monday Night Football, and Dan Copeland was pointing out the play of Dominique Easley and Malcolm Brown stopping the run. You could really see it. They, they were really diagnosing a few run plays by the Dolphins, and the dominance of Brown and also Easley really showed itself, Derek. So I want to get your thoughts about the play of Jones and also the play of Easley and Brown. Well, for all those guys, I would say about time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Patriots have invested a, a lot of draft capital in that front <laughs> seven. I mean, they've been waiting for this. Chandler Jones, I think, is a for one, he's hilarious. Uh, you know, seems like a really good teammate. Uh, but good guy. But yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and the thing about and the thing about Chandler to me has always been a little frustrating is the consistency. You know, I want to. I don't want to. I I know he can have three sacks against Buffalo. I want to see him. I want to see him make a more consistent effort around the quarterback. You don't have to just get it. Pass rushing is not just about actually getting to the sacks, which he has eight and a half, sure. and I believe is either leading the league or tied for the league uh, around the whole NFL right now. But it's not just about the sack numbers. It's about pressure, okay? And I think this year, like you said, he's, he's really incorporating more of these pass rushing moves. Uh, he's getting to the quarterback more. He had a play against Miami, streaming off the edge that really kind of opened my eyes. It seems like – He's really elevated this play the last couple of weeks. You know, I talked about the other guys around, but now we talk about the interior guys, Brown and Easley. I think Easley started to come on really since about week five in Dallas. Looks like he flashed a little bit. I'd still like to see a little bit more explosiveness because that's kind of the player I thought we were getting. But, you know, at the same time, I think he's been solid. And this is the first game, I think, and I wonder what Steve has seen. Uh, but I think Malcolm Brown's been kind of, yeah, he's been okay first couple weeks, I wouldn't say anything really to write home about. I mean, it's only his seventh game as a pro, uh, but I think this might have been his best game. This is where you actually could see him really show up. He was he was controlling his he was controlling gaps. Um, I thought, like I said, the front seven really deserves an A plus for this game. Okay, very good. And Steve, I'm going to go back to you because because I want you to share your thoughts on what Derek just said about the. Uh, about the players up front, because, again, I noticed that we've already talked a little bit about it, but I've noticed um, Malcolm Brown starting to really show itself. Easley's coming on, and, of course, Chandler Jones is is playing really well right now. Talk about the play of those three. Yeah, uh, I agree with what Derek was saying. You know, uh, Malcolm Brown, you know, he's a rookie. I thought the first few weeks 
he got pushed around a little bit. He was trying to, you know, find his pro game. I think he's getting it now. He's adapting. You know, he's getting this defense down. I thought the last been really solid inside, and I think Dominique Easley is finally starting to get healthy because I've seen the last few weeks you're seeing that explosive first step where he, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the interior. He's not a, you know, he's not a two-gapper, but when when he gets his first step off, when he gets his, I should say, gets his first step off, you know, he's disrupting things at the point of attack, and he might not be the guy making the tackle, but he's making things happen there, and he's blowing up plays there. I think those two guys have been great. Alan Branch, I thought, has been playing his best football since he's come to the Patriots. So, you know, when you add all those three things together, now you're getting a nice rotation inside. I love the way this uh, front seven's been playing the last two weeks because we kept hearing, well, you can run on this Patriots front seven. I don't think you right. can say that anymore because they no. just play two teams that love to, to pound the ball between the tackles, and those two teams – didn't run the ball effectively at all. So I'm really, I'm really uh, encouraged by what we're seeing there, especially with Dante Hightower. Now that he's back on the field, he just brings so much to this front seven. But Chandler Jones, like you guys talked about earlier, yeah, and uh, I thought he's been really stepping it up lately. And, you know, you look at this, this uh, front seven, I don't think they've scratched the surface on their potential yet. I think they could be. I, I, even I totally a lot... agree with that. Yep. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. No, I was just saying they could be a lot better going down the stretch. We're only we're not even at the halfway point. And that's a wonderful point because again, we're seven games in, and that's what excites me about the Patriots right now. I, you know, we could talk all we want about the offense, and we could look at at the secondary and say, you know what, you know. Uh, we have some some potential issues there, and I get it because again, it's you know uh, the the safeties are playing well, and uh, and we do have have young corners out there, so so we'll see how that all plays out. But what really excites me is the way that the front seven are really coming on, and again, as the season goes on, they're only going to get better. That's what's so encouraging about this is that I. You nailed what I've been thinking about, Steve. I don't think they've scratched the surface of how good they could be. So, oh, yeah. so as we I, I agree, I as agree. we get to the playoffs, I, I mean, that be... to me is what, you know, when we see the finished article of this defense, I think it's going to look tremendously different than what it looks like now. I think it's, I think it's good now. I think it has potential to be a, be great. And, and you know, again, we, we can focus all you want on the secondary. It's going to be the front seven that's going to take it where we want it to go. And uh, and their potential, again, is through the roof because it could really be a dominating front seven. That's that's what excites me. All right, guys, well, let's move on. Steve, I'll go right back to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we Derek, get, Derek, before go we ahead. Go. Um, yeah. So, the only thing, the only way, I, I'm with you on that, but the only way that, I mean, we're going to see this defense get, get better. It, it does every season. That's how Belichick type defenses work. They get better um, as right. the year goes on. Um, I agree with that. But the only way this, this front seven, I think, really changes how the back end plays, uh, I, just, I do think it helps, no question. But it's going to have to continue to get pressure on the quarterback because I know the front seven's good, 
Um, and I know that they're going to get better, but they have to keep getting pressure because the one thing I think this defense doesn't have is that elite pass rusher, like the pass rushing threat. Uh, Chandler Jones has, has, has been good. Um, you know, I've, he, he's the last couple of weeks he's flashed enough. Um, and look, maybe the rotation with Jabal Sheard is kind of taking some of the pressure off him. We've talked about him getting wind with how many snaps him and Rob Ninkovich have played in, in past years. Maybe that's yep. affecting. Maybe that will have a change long term. But that's the one thing that this front seven doesn't have that um, I think would take it to a different level. It's going to have to have um, you know more. You know, it, it's going to have to have more juice in the pass rush. But we've seen them utilize Jamie Collins and Donta Hightower in that mix too, and they they'll get creative with that. And we'll see if we'll see if, as, as the season goes if that's able to take fruition. But um, you know, as far as the cornerbacks go. The one thing that I continue to see in the secondary is how many, how much they like to utilize both Patrick Chung and Deron Harmon. I think Harmon's really come on and played some good football. And I think the past couple of weeks, Chung's absolutely, Derek. I think Chung's played the best he's played as a Patriot. Um, so yeah. as, as much as as much as I am, am having uh, you know kind of a I guess a more negative opinion on the cornerbacks than than say you, um, I would say their secondary. It's still it's still stronger than I thought it would be because the the safety play and how they're utilizing their safeties. They're not they're, you know when they go to their nickel and their dime packages, you know they're that that's talking about how many defensive backs in the field, not necessarily cornerbacks, because they've been utilizing three safeties at times to do different things. And look, if that's how if that's how the job gets done, that's how it gets done because right now Chung and Harmon are really securing things up on the back end. Listen, I completely agree, Derek. And uh, it's funny, while you were talking about the this, this secondary and then, of course, the player safeties, you started talking about, about the consistent pass rush. And, and I do believe that once Jabal Sheard comes back, I think that's going to take the pass rush to another level because I've already seen it from him. I, I think him being out, you know, it's not that it hurts the pass rush. I just think it, it will be enhanced once he returns. But But a difference here, you know, again, the Patriots' defense is never going to be the Seattle Seahawks. It's never going to be the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are a very aggressive uh, pass rush. It's a very very aggressive defense. They're not going to be that. It's different. It's more cerebral. It's more game plan specific. It's not going to be a defense that's just going to go after you each and every game. It's, it's well, just yeah, not Wayne built that way. a lot way. different than Bill Belichick. Also, the Broncos right. are built differently defensively. I mean, look. That's can, right. We, we, don't, we, don't, I, we don't have to get in a huge discussion about it, but the Broncos are built for today's offenses. They have, they right. have terrific no, I agree with that. and they have great secondary play, which is no, – and their that. defense is legit. It's just a different style. Like you mentioned, yeah. Belichick will go game plan to game plan, game to game, and really do something different that he didn't do the previous week. Uh, and uh, sometimes he's a little bit more aggressive than other times. You, you've right. seen it when they play mobile quarterbacks. Right, right, and, and and Derek, I said to you off air that that uh, that again, I do respect the Broncos' defense. It is legit. You're a hundred percent right. I'm never going to say that 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 defense isn't legit, but I also think that the Patriots have the recipe to beat that defense. That's just where I'm coming from because I've seen it before. Same players, different def- defensive coordinator, and I've seen the Patriots beat this defensive coordinator. You know, again, I can't even throw out the Jack Del Rio card because he's gone. But but the Patriots. But you can Patriots throw the offense with Speed and Wade Phillips, <laughs> you know. You know, they've they've actually been able to to dissect the Wade Phillips defense as well. So so again, that's for a different show. We'll we'll be talking about the Broncos coming up. But listen, 
let's wrap up talking talking about this game. And Steve, I'm going to go back to you. And um, I want you to grade quickly special teams and also give give an overall grade for the Patriots. Uh, special teams, I give a B minus two. I thought they were really, really solid, other than the one kick return. Uh, yep. You know, and near the end of the game. But you know, what can you say about Steven Gostkowski? I mean, the guy is as close to automatic when he trots on the field as as you could be. I mean, he's made 430-something extra points in a row. He hasn't missed one in nine years. Uh, He he hasn't missed a field goal this season. So, uh, I mean, the special teams has been really solid this year. I thought they did a really good job. I'm going to knock them down. Maybe I'm being a little harsh there, but always with the uh, one, uh, you know, big return near the end of the game, which really didn't matter at that point. But, you know, that's something that they'll – I'm sure they heard about it once they got in the film room this week. Overall, uh, coaching, preparedness, production on the field, Patriots get an A. The the sum was better than each of their parts because, you know, a division rival came in. They were starting to believe in themselves. They came in on a hot streak. They won two big blowout games in a row. They thought they could compete with you, and you blew them out on national television. And it wasn't even as close as the score indicates. I think the, the the 29 points wasn't even as close as that game was on the field. I think by halftime, there was no doubt this game was over. Okay, very good there, Steve. Dark, over to you. Um, I, I had a slightly better grade than Steve. Uh, for special teams, I thought it was a B, <clears throat> although that is the Lavandry long uh, yards is the is one of the biggest factors in that grade. Uh, you know, Goskowski is still good as goal, as Steve mentioned. Ryan Allen, uh, again, I thought uh, he had six punts. Four of them were inside the 20. Um, the field position that he's been able to create the past couple weeks, I thought it's really been kind of, um, I guess, one of those underlines, uh, those, those like uh, back of the, you know, back of the headlines, uh, kind of things that you don't really pay a ton of attention to until you start looking inside the numbers. But, you know, he's he's really playing some good football also. So special teams, they, you know, they're, they're, they have a uh, usually a pretty good advantage from most teams across the league. Overall, um, <clears throat> I give an A- minus for this, for this game. Uh, I think this game was more about the defense and the offense, which is funny because the Dolphins put up 36 points. Um, I, I do think the uh, – uh, the defense played a terrific game, especially in the front seven, like we've talked about for a while now. Coaching, I thought, was a huge mismatch. They continue to win a division game, and they've put a nice full cushion uh, in front of the rest of the AFC East right now. Uh, so a couple more weeks, and uh, I, I, you're, you're, you're on pace as a team to uh, lock up another division title. That's crazy. It's crazy, Derek. We could we could be talking about hat and t-shirt game in in, in just uh what a few weeks. I mean uh, I'm you know again it's got to be a little that bit longer than that. But still, it, isn't it insane that we're talking about it now? Yeah, I mean it, it, that wasn't even really when the game happened. It wasn't even November, I believe. So <laughs> it's uh, one one of those things where uh, you know they are uh, certainly playing real well. Um, yeah. You know I I think as a team. Uh, right now, they're they're the class of the NFL. Certainly, uh, certainly in the conversation, uh, Brady is for MVP. Yeah, the way he's playing right now is terrific. Uh, so, look, they have a lot of good things going on. Uh, I do think that if you want to talk about before we switch gears, 
I do think that there are some things to clean up. You know, we talk about sure. there's a couple there's a couple injury issues. The offensive line is going to be shuffling a little bit more. Good news is you have Stork coming back soon. We'll see how he plays because David Andrews, you know, has been pretty good in the middle. I do think one of the biggest negatives that hasn't reared its ugly head, but I think has potential to, are the fact that the Patriots have had a lot of injuries this year. Each game, or I'm sorry, a lot of penalties. Each game, it seems like they have a lot of penalties that are holding them back um, from really even opening up these games more. And I know it hasn't really come mattered quite yet, but I don't think they've really played a lot of tough competition. I think they've played a lot of uh, kind of a soft schedule so far, softer than we expected it to be. And, uh, and I think if you start when you start playing that the higher class competition, those penalties are going to have to be cleaned up, or they're going to come back to, to bite you. I agree with that, Derek. You know, again, I'm not a fan of penalties, and uh, I'm never going to say that that uh, you know when you have penalties that it's good enough because it's not good enough. They definitely need to clean that up. All right, let's now talk about the Redskins. And Steve, I'm going to start with you. Just share with me your overall thoughts on this upcoming game. You know, again, it's it's difficult. The Patriots are seven and zero. I've watched the Redskins a great deal. The Patriots should win this game, but I. I want to have a real open discussion about this. I really want to talk about, about the Redskins, but just share with me your overall thoughts on the game coming up. Well, you know, when you look at this Redskins team, you would normally think, okay, they're three and four. You know, they're, they're already starting to doubt themselves. Well, they play in the NFC East, and this year the NFC East is really, really weak. So guess what? They're, they're a half a game out of the division lead. So even though this team isn't playing great football right now, they're still right in the mix for everything for their division. So, you know, you can expect them to come out and and give the Patriots 100% effort. And it's not just because they're playing New England. It's because, you know, hey, they're uh, they're, they're, uh, still right in the mix of things. Now, is uh, is this game – going to be close? No, I really don't think it will be. I, I think the Patriots are a much better team than they are, but, you know, when you look at it, um, I, I think, you know, uh, Gruden got a lot of he got a lot of criticism for going with Kirk Cousins in regards to uh, RG3, but when you look at this team and the way they're set up, um, you know, I think Cousins is much better to run that West Coast offense of theirs than uh, RG3 was. Sure. No, I, I definitely agree with that, Steve. And uh, you know what? Like, like you mentioned, they're still in the mix of this. So so it's not like they're they're horrible. Well, you know, if you're going to say they're horrible, then I guess we could say the whole league pretty much is horrible. But, again, they're still <laughs> in the mix. It, it, the, the NFC East is down, so they have – you know, again, this is an important game for them, so so they'll be out for it. Derek, what are your opening thoughts on this game? Well, my opening thoughts are I do think the Patriots, um, you know, are certainly a, a much better team. But the Washington Redskins are playing actually much better than I expected them to. You know, they're sitting at three and four. Uh, you talk about the division. They're second currently right now. I, I Just for fun, I was kind of scanning through, um, you know, some, some statistics here. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, like she talks about, Certainly seems like a more stable guy, although he did have a uh, a funny Vine moment a couple weeks ago with screaming, you like that, um, to the media. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I do think that, I do think overall as an organization, the Redskins are uh, 
um, really kind of a messy situation, especially up to the, up the top uh, with their owner and GM. But uh, I would say if you look at these games that they've played, you know, you I, I think most Patriots fans expect to roll in this game, and they probably will. But if you look back, four of their seven games, I believe, yep, four of their seven games, all within a touchdown, uh, I, you know, they've, they've played competitively. Uh, you know, they, their biggest loss was by 14 points. Uh, which happened twice. So, um, you know, they, they, they've they been in games certainly much closer. If you look at their offensive weapons, Pierre Garçon, uh, Jordan Reed, Deshaun Jackson is expected to come back. Um, Matt Jones, uh, you know, in the backfield has has uh, shown uh, some pretty good ability. So they have a couple of weapons that, that, that are probably going to test you a little bit. Um, and uh, defensively, um, you know, defensively they don't really have as much firepower. Ryan Kerrigan probably one of their best players on the edge. Right. Um, but they their their defense is playing much better than people expect them to. So uh, will they have enough ultimately to to uh, really make a big impact in this game? I don't know. But I don't think that they – I think that a lot of people have gone into games thinking that this year, and each game they seem to be playing uh, at a higher level than people expect them to. Okay, very good, Derek. And just for time's sake, we're just going to take each part of these matchups – one v one, meaning one for you, one for Steve. So, Steve, I'm going to start with you. Patriots defense versus the Redskins offense in the running game. Who has the advantage here? Uh, the Patriots defense does, and you know we just talked about it about how the front seven, front seven, excuse me, is playing so much better now uh, against the run, and they're they're much more physical. And you know the Redskins offensive line. Uh, they they haven't been getting the job done. If you look at Alfred Morris, the first game of the year ran for 120 yards. The Redskins as a team ran for 300 the first two weeks of the season. Since that first game, Morris has only run for 180 yards in the last five games. Uh, so, you know, he's the been a total three, non-factor. It's really weird. Yeah, and, and they're just not opening any kind of holes for him. So I, I know that, you know, uh, Jones is getting a lot more snaps. But you look at it, I don't think it's a fact that Morris is struggling so much as his offensive line is. Okay. Okay, very good there, Steve. So you're giving the advantage to the Patriots. Derek, over to you. Patriots defense versus the Redskins offense in the passing game. Who has the advantage here? And before you answer that, you did mention several of their weapons. They do have some weapons. And Kirk Cousins is playing fairly good. So who has the advantage? Um, I, I Most weeks I probably go with the opponent because I – I, as you know, I'm, I'm, I still have a lot of question marks about the Patriots secondary, but I'm actually yep. going with the Patriots having the advantage here. Um, Kirk Cousins has played okay, but he's, been, he's made plenty of mistakes, hasn't really been able to put the ball in the end zone. Um, I, I do think that those weapons um, are, uh, are, I think for the Redskins, they do have a couple of guys who can make plays. The question is, you know, whether they can do them or not. Garcon seems to be inconsistent with the Redskins' game plan. He's not really... Sometimes he's not as involved as he is other weeks, which I think he's a very consistent player. So I question that decision. Jordan Reed's a very good player, but he's struggling to he struggles to stay healthy a lot. But when he's engaged in the game, he can really be a difference maker. I'm wondering how the Patriots defend him. I think Patrick Chung or Deron Harmon uh, could be involved with him. With him, um, and you know Deshaun Jackson, you know, wants a really really good player. He's kind of he's obviously a knucklehead. But um, you know, I, I think I look at him as more of like a home run hitter. So I, that and maybe look, they might need to take some chances deep, and 
try to make some explosive plays to to really stay in this game. I, I do think the Patriots have the advantage, though. I just don't have faith uh, in, in Washington's offensive system. Okay, very good, Derek. And I'm going to go right back to you. Let's switch over to the Patriots' offense versus the Redskins' defense in the running game. Who has the advantage here? And this is back to me, Eric? Back to you. Uh, I almost said Steve. Back to you, Derek. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with the Patriots having the advantage here. Uh, looking over these numbers like I was talking about a couple minutes ago, Washington's also ranked 30th in rush defense. They're averaging 128.4 <laughs> yards per game allowed um, on the ground. I think the Patriots, like we talked about, have really run more than we've expected them to the past couple weeks. They have a nice little thunder and lightning combo uh, with Dion Lewis and LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think you could see a combination of both here um, as they've tend to, as they've uh, kind of tend to do uh, the past couple weeks. And uh, I think the Patriots uh, will have you know some success there because I, I, as much as I think Washington's defense is playing better, uh, there's really not a whole lot of uh, household names on that, and they haven't really played. They, they're playing better than expected, but they're still not playing good football. Okay, very good there, Derek. And, Steve, over to you. Patriots offense versus the Redskins defense in the passing game. Who has the advantage here? And uh, I'm going to say pretty much for the rest of the season, I think the Patriots have the advantage. But, again, I want to give the Redskins credit. So who do you give the advantage to? Uh, New England has a big advantage here, Russ. I mean, (laughs) you look, the the Redskins' top three cornerbacks are banged up right now. They're not even sure all three of them or any of them will actually play at this point, and that's just a bad sign right off the bat. Ryan Kerrigan had surgery on his hand this week. He's going to try to play, but that's their best pass rusher. Uh, the Patriots just match up way too well across the board for these guys. You know, I was looking at their early games, and they were they were trying to play a lot of cover three, and the way to beat that is to, you know, go vertical, throw the ball down the field, and when you do that, it opens up a tremendous amount of room underneath, and that's where your linebackers go, and that's where your tight ends go. And the Patriots have the best tight end in the world right now with Rob Gronkowski. So, you know, if I see them in a cover three, what do I do? I, I stretch everybody out, and I throw it a Gronk over the middle, and he has lots of room to move. And I think, you know, to top things off, their linebackers aren't great in coverage, and then you have Deion Lewis, now you're putting extra stress on those linebackers because if I'm Tom Brady, I split him out wide. I make them cover him. Now you're forcing them to get out of there. You know, they're covered three shell and they're going man. And if you have a bunch of banged up cornerbacks going man coverage, that's a losing situation under best conditions facing the Patriots. And, uh, you know, when you're all banged up, uh, I think uh, the Patriots are going to throw the ball all over the field. Okay, very good there, Steve. All right, right back to you. Let's go to our keys to victory. First to you, Steve. What are your three keys for the Patriots in this game? Uh, I think the three keys, number one, you're at home, start early. Uh, Put them under the gun right off the bat. Um, They know they're big underdogs. They're they're talking openly about relishing the big underdog role. Well, the best way to, to to keep them there is to start quickly, put pressure on their offense to have to keep up. I think uh, if you do that, then the game is already half won there. Number two is, again, stop the run, force the ball into Cousins' hands, and get him out of that short passing mode and make him start to have to throw the ball down the field. 
Uh, and number three is is to win that turnover battle. The the easiest way for the Redskins to hang around would be for them, you know, to get a, a, a cheap turnover and an easy touchdown. And the best way to keep them at bay is not turn the ball over and get one or two from them. Okay, very good there, Steve. Derek, over to you. What are your keys? Well, I agree with Steve's first one for sure. I uh, start, Starting fast and starting early is always a – Good team, especially at home when you're facing an opponent that that you know might believe they might be able to buy in throughout the course of the game that they are that they're being competitive. I think if you if you you can do a lot of things by getting an early lead, like you know kind of taking away some of their confidence and and changing their game plan a little bit, getting them out of their comfort zone. Um, <clears throat> another key for me will be would be take away. I, I want to take away a security blanket, and and for me uh, that will be Pierre Garcon. I want to make. Kirk Cousins as uncomfortable as possible. Um, I think Garcon can be, like I said, a really important, most consistent player. Sometimes he's quieter in their game plan, but I want. I'm hoping Butler is on is on him, and really that takes away them at least being able to move the chains because this defense, although they're playing well, the third down situation on defense is still a little concerning. Um, you know, I still think they have problems getting off the field. He might be one of those. Jordan Reed could probably be in that territory too, but I would want to take away the security blanket of Garcon for Kirk Cousins to force him uh, to make you know make some decisions he might not be comfortable with. Uh, you know, the third thing for me is, is, is to just stay balanced. I think this Patriots offense is phenomenal right now. You've seen the we we talked about the numbers. Washington's allowed um, on the ground this year, and uh, you know Steve talked about the mismatches in the secondary. Obviously, we've seen um, you know Brady being able to really shred up some much more talented uh, units than this one. I think if they stay balanced, they're going to find a lot of success. You don't have to get you don't have to get cute. You know, McDaniel's has called some good games this year. We haven't really gotten on him for kind of trying to think too much outside the box. I think just a simple you know a couple of good runs with Blunt and switch up with Lewis. You know, you hit Gronkowski down the seam. All of a sudden, Edelman puts up six. I mean, I really think it's just that simple right now because all these guys are playing at a high level. Okay, very good, Derek. All right, before we predict the Patriots game, let's go through some NFL predictions. We have some actually really good games to predict here. So, Derek, I'll start with you. This is a good one, believe it or not, because the Browns are playing pretty pretty good lately. Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Who do you have here? I have the Bengals, but this game probably could be pretty close. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Do we know if Manziel's playing? I think he might be. Uh, I believe he I, is. I, I, so that will be interesting because I do think he's kind of a boomer buff guy. Uh, you know, yeah. he might either make a mistake, but I do think he can put the ball deep. Um, you know, him and Travis Benjamin have hooked up a couple of times early in the year. So, um, you know, I, I I think the Browns will probably keep a close divisional game, but I'll probably go with the Bengals. They're just a better team, and Andy Dalton's playing good football. Okay, very good. I am going to go with the Bengals as well. How about you, Steve? Yeah, I like the uh, I like the Bengals in this one. I don't like Manziel coming off the bench and facing an undefeated team, so I don't think that's going to end well for Cleveland. <laughs> I don't think it will either. All right, Steve, this is actually an intriguing one. I'm going to go right back to you. The Packers at the Panthers, who do you have? Um, that is an intriguing one. I'm going to go with Carolina just because I saw – this uh, Packers offense just discombobulated itself against Denver. They played right into Denver's hands, 
and they did all the things that you don't want to do against that defense. I just thought it was a really poor game plan on their part. And, you know, Carolina is at home. They're playing pretty well right now. I think uh, Cam Newton is going to stress that Green Bay defense enough. They're going to win a close game at home. I agree with you, Steve. I have Carolina on my mind. I'm going with the Panthers. Derek, to you. Uh, I. It's funny. I'm going to – I think I'm going to go with the Panthers too. Uh, I, you know, I, it's funny. You look at, you look back at that game this last weekend. Aaron Rodgers, just the look in his eyes. I, I don't know what it was. He just looked so either disengaged or uh, just so uh, deflated, defeated. I don't know what the word would be, but he, he just did not seem to be all there. Um, and the Broncos defense played a really good game. I mean, keeping him to 77 passing yards is that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, the Panthers' defense uh, is playing real well right now. I watched. I don't know if you both watched the Monday night game. Uh, super impressed with uh, you know their their veteran safety play. Luke Keekley's a machine. Uh, you know the Patriots have two great linebackers in Collins and Hightower. You know Keekley and Thomas Davis are right up there for combinations that are that are just deadly. Um, and uh, you know they have some pass rush, but they have to be able to get after it. I do think the Packers have some holes on that offensive line. I think that could be a mismatch here. Um, and I, 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 you know, Carolina. I'm just going to go with them for right now, just because I think it's a tough spot to go to Denver and then to a Carolina team that's playing pretty well. Um, and you know, Cam Newton really should be getting some MVP uh, at least consideration. I think Brady is clearly the guy right now still, but Cam's doing a lot. Um, maybe not as early in the game. I think his numbers are much lower than they are later in games. Uh, but he's he's really making a lot of things happen with not an incredible amount around him. Uh, so I, I'm impressed with the Carolina team so far. Okay, very good there, Derek. All right, let's now transition to an AFC East battle. Dolphins at the Bills. Who do you have? Derek, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I wasn't sure. I thought you went to Steve again. So Dolphins. Oh no, I went to you. Yep, Dolphins at the Bills. Yep. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to go with Buffalo. Uh, I think I think the game continues to slide a little bit, uh, or the the teams continues to slide a little bit for Miami. You know they come off that two game high. Now they lose to the Patriots. Uh, you know they do have those extra days to prepare, but uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not so sure. I, I I I'm assuming he's playing, and I'm going to say okay. the, uh, the Bills get back on track with the win. Uh, and I'm going to say uh, the Dolphins go down to Buffalo and lose. I think that's a tough play. Okay, very good. I've got the Bills. How about you, Steve? Yeah, I like the Bills in this one. In a close game, uh, both of these teams really need a win right now. But uh, I'll give the edge to Buffalo. They're at home. Okay, very good. Now let's talk about the Jaguars at the Jets. Who do you have, Steve? I'm going with the Jets on this one because they uh, – They've lost two in a row, and some of that luster came off that defense last week. Um, you know, uh, for a team that, you know, they went into Oakland with high hopes and they, they got gashed pretty good, I think they're going to uh, confuse the, the Jaguars a lot on defense. But, hey, don't sell the Jaguars short because at 2-5, and five, they're, only one, they're only a game out of first. In the AFC South, <laughs> that so, is crazy. Steve, did, you watch, Steve, did you watch any of the uh, any of that game? By the way, the Raiders just game. I did. Uh, yes. 
I think Derek Carr is playing pretty good football right now. That the Raiders I, are, I think, are I turning the corner a little bit. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Oakland. I'm just saying that I, I think the Jets kind of. Uh, after the game against the Patriots, I think they thought they were just going to walk into Oakland and cruise. And, you know, that, that defense kind of got gashed on Sunday down there. And uh, yeah. I think I don't know how much the Raiders really have on offense besides Derek Carr and Amari Cooper, who's playing just terrific football also as a rookie. Um, you know, I think the, that, team, that team is uh, is playing pretty well. I've I was I've been impressed with how they've played the season. I watched a good amount of that game. And, and uh, you know, I do think the Jets, um, you know, they, they were. I did think they kind of strolled in and didn't think they were going to hit, get hit like that. But it's it's kind of cool to see a team like the Raiders, who struggled for so many years, starting to kind of put it together. And one of the reasons is their, you know, their young quarterback who's who's playing terrific. Okay, Derek, over to you. Who do you have, Jaguars or Jets? I, I have the Jets to get back on track this week, Russ. I just uh, the Jaguars are, are they're they're playing uh, they're, they're playing okay. Uh, you know, I do like us, Bradley. Um, they just don't have a whole lot of talent on that team. I just think the Jets are a better team. Okay. I am going with the Wrath of Khan. I'm going oh, with the Jaguars. Awesome. Yes. I'm going with the Jaguars to upset the Jets in uh, in, in New Jersey. I'm going with the Wrath of Khan. I'm, <laughs> I, I've got the Jags here. I'm, I'm going with the upset. I have to. I have to go with the have upset. To. Have I have to, Derek. I have to. All right. Back to you. <laughs> This is a this is a huge game. This one that we're about to talk about, I think, is a huge game for both teams. Broncos or Colts? Who do you have? I have the Broncos. I think they're just a much better football team right now. Um, I don't believe uh, in anything going on in Indianapolis. Uh, Chuck Pagano. They did rally a little bit um, on Monday night in Carolina, but I think Chuck Pagano is kind of like I think he's kind of in over his head. I think Grayson's put a bad product on the field. Andrew Luck is either hurt or taking a step back. Regardless, I think he's playing terrible. Um, and uh, really, that that whole team just has a weird kind of funk around it. Um, they just look very deflated. So, uh, and yes, that was on purpose. I I yes, would I think with um, the Broncos, um, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna continue to roll this week. Uh, this game is not as impressive as it looked like a couple weeks ago. Okay, very good. Steve, over to you. Who do you have with the Broncos at the Colts? Like I mentioned, I think this is a an intriguing matchup because if the Colts lose, uh, they could actually not be in trouble because I still think they're going to win the division, but it, it would be a very bad look for them to lose to Peyton Manning coming back home. So who do you have? Oh, I think the Broncos roll in this one. I mean, yeah, have you seen that in the offensive line? Yeah, and right uh, that that <laughs> offensive line is awful, and their defensive line is pretty close. With the Broncos, you know, with the they're trying to run the football more. I think they're going to run the ball down the Colts' throat. I think their pass rush is going to. I, I'll be surprised if Andrew Luck is still playing in the fourth quarter on that one. Okay, very good. And, uh, guys, I'll go with you. I'm going to say the Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to stay undefeated until they play the Patriots, and then we'll we'll see that game. So I'm going to go with the Broncos as well. That would be terrific, although for the Patriots' sake, I wouldn't mind seeing them lose before then, but that would be cool to set it up. It would. And, you know, know, Steve, it's funny. That offensive line might not be as bad if they, they, you know, invested in it instead of taking, you know, another undersized 
speedy receiver, but we'll set the story for another day. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, uh, I have to, I have to drop off the line here, but um, not a problem. Well, what's your prediction for the Patriots game? Thirty-seven, seventeen. All right, seventeen. Uh, we'll All talk right, to you soon, Steve. Okay, thank All you, right, Steve. Guys, talk to you soon. Okay. All right, Derek. Uh, I actually have a few predictions from uh, from past fans. Uh, I actually put this on the Patriots fourth and two Facebook page. We got one there. Chris Ward says, "I'm struggling to see anything other than a blowout when LaFell looked." More like his old self against the Dolphins. I'm glad that he wasn't put in the doghouse because of the Butterfingers. Therefore, a great offense has been strengthened some more. No chance for the Redskins. 42-10 to 10 Pats. That's on the Patriots 4th and 2 Facebook page. We also have two predictions on the Twitter page of Patriots 4th and 2. Terry Kennedy has 34-20 to 20 Patriots. And Corey Moniz has Pats 38-17. to 17. Derek, before I give my prediction, what is yours for this game on Sunday? Uh, well, I, I, like I mentioned earlier, the Redskins have have been able to stay close within games. Uh, you know, for four out of their seven, really, they've been one possession games. Um, I also, I just don't think that this is going to be one of those games. Um, you know, we we talk about the matchups. The Patriots pretty much dominate each one. I think they're just a much more talented team. They're playing at a high level. They're at home. Uh, there's it's just not a good spot for Washington to be in right now. Um, I don't think they have the horses to keep up with this team. So I'm going to go Patriots 38, Redskins 20. I was going to go 16, but, I, you know, there, there could be some garbage points involved. So I'm going to go 38-20 Patriots this week. Okay, very good, Derek. And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult because I, I don't like predicting blowouts. Uh, I, I don't, you know, because, again, I, I like to give credit to the other team. I like to look at how that they could actually – Win a game, even you know. Like I'm talking about all opponents. You know, you want to give them all the chance that they can to, to win. And uh, I just don't see it here. You know, for for everything that we've talked about, I think this is a bad matchup for the Redskins playing the Patriots. I do, especially with the Patriots being at home. I've got the Patriots 42, the Redskins 14, and uh, I actually do think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, I I actually would like a closer game, so I'm asking the Redskins to give them a game because I I, I want to see the Patriots. Continually be tested, especially going into that Broncos game, Derek. And and um, before we wrap this show up, any final thoughts? Well, final thoughts would be, um, you know, we'll continue to be, you know, to watch around the league. The Patriots, um, you know, are are obviously going with the Bengals and the Broncos. It's all undefeated right now, and you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how they, how each of those teams finish the back half of the season because. You know, as far as playoffs even go, that's going to get really interesting if they all continue to win. Um, you know, I do think the Patriots are going to roll, like we mentioned. I'm going to go into some detail about about what we talked about earlier today uh, on on matchups. I'll put that on Pat's fans. Also, have an interesting Ryan Mallett piece coming up uh, that will be going up in the next day or two. Can I say that I was right about Ryan Mallett, Derek? Is it okay for me now that he's long gone that I was right about him? Uh, do you, I, quick story for the listeners. Uh, do you remember me calling you after they drafted him and near tears, uh, ready to throw myself off the building because they didn't address the other position? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so, no, so Derek, no offense you, to Ryan Mallett, but I was pretty much between you and Ian Logue. I was calling you back and forth just to strive. I remember. Address a different position. I listen, I totally remember that Derek. I'm glad that you brought that up. So ultimately you were right. 
<laughs> well, we we both we both were. Look, nothing against Brian Mallett. You know, I don't I don't want to wish him anything uh, personally. I, I I don't know him personally, but um, yeah. you know, I do think that he let an opportunity slip away, um, and he you know he made some mistakes off the field and in college also, but on the field specifically, uh, you know, he just has not been able to get it done. Um, you know, and I think there are some quarterback needy teams out there right now. I don't think I haven't really heard of anybody bringing him in. You know, we'll see, but. Uh, you know, he just was never able to really put it together. And, uh, you know, I think that the whole problem uh, with uh, the Texans really goes back to Billy O'Brien. And I and I don't want to pin it all on him, but I thought from the hard knocks thing, from them split, you know, split, splitting reps and then going with one quarterback and then pulling him three quarters in and then going to somebody else, I, I thought that was handled bad. Uh, you know, when you, when you have two quarterbacks rough, you don't have any. So uh, exactly, I, I, I think – I think uh, you know that situation is someone that a lot, a lot of teams need to learn from. Listen, I completely agree with you. I thought he handled that badly, and it came back to bite him. He should have picked one, and fortunately, when you have a quarterback battle of two, you really end up having none, and they have none, yep. and uh, it's worked out bad for them. You know, again, I like Brian Hoyer. You know, I, he's a serviceable quarterback, and Ryan Mallett. It's 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 funny because he has the arm. I just don't think he has anything else. I think he has the rocket arm. He just doesn't have the rest that you need to be uh, to be really a great quarterback in the NFL. I don't think I don't think he has the mind for it. I don't think he can dissect defenses the way that you need to these days. And uh, and uh, I you know again I wish him best the rest of his career. Just you know I just I just didn't see it here. And uh, and now he moves on from the Texans. All right, Derek, it's time to wrap up the show. Before we go, I want to mention you can download Patriots Fourth and Two. On iTunes, you can access it on the Stitcher Radio app, which can be found at the app stores for the iPad, iPhone, and the Android. I'm excited to mention this, as always, that you can now listen to Patriots 4th and 2 on the TuneIn app. I love the TuneIn app. I recommend you subscribing to it on the TuneIn app because it's a great way to listen back to the show. Well, that's it for this episode. For Stephen Derrick, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. Take care.